0: Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer. I'm excited to be back after a long weekend. We've got a lot to talk about, and I am so glad to have a guest here to talk to about it that has not been on the podcast for a while, but she informed me last week that she is up to date on everything. Uh, So please (laughs) welcome back to the show, Betch's own Amanda Duberman. Hey, Amanda, how's it going?
2: Hello, hello. I did tell you, I feel like we are just being fed lately. I am never without entertainment. I am never alone with my own thoughts. It's magnificent.
0: (laughs) I, yeah, no, I just thinking about the amount of new shows that we have coming out in the next month. Last week was kind of like trailer palooza. I'm curious Mm -hmm. between Potomac, Miami, and Beverly Hills all returning in the next month or so. Which one kind of speaks to you the most? What are you in your in your soul most excited for?
2: Oh my God! See, in my soul is interesting. Like in my soul, I am probably most. My soul is probably most will be most gratified by Miami. They feel good to watch. We have a villain in Lenny that we all we have like a uniform villain. In terms of like cerebral, what my mind is turning over a lot is definitely Beverly Hills. I feel like it's going to be a season like never before. I can't believe how much in the trailer was about Kyle and Mauricio. Like we're getting it. Like I thought it would be kind of like a button like, you know, it would be like at the end of the season, Kyle and Mauricio have separated. But it seems like it's going to be a real storyline. So my soul is definitely going to be fed by Miami. I think that intellectually I'm looking forward to Beverly Hills. And yeah, Potomac is just they, they check all the boxes. They give us everything.
0: I agree. I think it's three really different franchises, but they all are exciting and engaging in a different way. And I think with Beverly Hills, there's kind of a unique ability where even if the season is kind of boring, it still is somehow like so easy to talk about for hours totally. on end.
2: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> absolutely.
0: <laughs> um, I want to go over this, this, story that was circulating over the weekend. I don't know if you... We haven't talked about it. I don't know if you had a chance. Um, Here's the headline from page six. Kim Zolciak spotted getting flirty with Chet Hanks amid a messy Croy Bierman divorce. Amanda, did you encounter this headline over the weekend?
2: No. No. (laughs) I didn't. Somehow I was spared. Oh, God. There was a lot happening on social media. Imagine seeing them together.
0: So they... (laughs) This is what's happening. They are both on the cast for next season of MTV's The right. Surreal Life. And they have mm-hmm. been filming in Medellin, Colombia. And so TMZ reported that they reportedly hit it off during filming and they were spotted on set, quote, acting flirty toward each other. Uh, I mean, this essentially is meaningless, but at the same time, it also is a wild thing to imagine.
2: Right. It's just the proof. Like headlines like this just show unequivocally that like celebrity has been flattened. Like there, when a Hanks and is like when Tom Hanks can be Kim Zolsiak's potential father in law, there's just no longer any separation between the highbrow, the lowbrow. Like we are all, we are all exposed to one another.
0: Between Chet Hanks and that uh, n- random niece that was on Claim to Fame having a meltdown earlier this year, yes. the Hanks name has really been—it's—it's uh, it's being sullied. I think in a way.
2: Yeah, yeah. I think he's going to have to hire somebody to like scrub the SEO on <laughs> on Hanks.
0: It is interesting, though, because with the Kim and Croy divorce, there's been so much back and forth. I, I don't know how much you're you're keeping up with it, but there's been multiple filings, mm-hmm. some unfilings, some, some really questionable oh, mess. rumors and stories and things. And it is this headline, even if it's essentially based on nothing, was kind of, it was wild to imagine a Kim Zolciak post-Croy in a way, because mm-hmm. even even if they're not together right now, it still felt like they're so wrapped up in each other's bullshit. And so it's like, wait, what is Kim going to be after right. Croy? They is... are
2: united for sure.
0: Yeah. And so it's 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 funny to imagine, like, are we going to get like a messy celeb dating era from Kim Zolciak?
2: This And this is how it starts <laughs> with Chet Hanks. Who else is in that genre? Like who would be... Who would be next? I feel like is is Pete Davidson kind of like the spiritual kind of like the absolute high of the Chet Hanks genre? Or are they different?
0: Um, I I mean I think they're different in the sense that Pete Davidson has a talent, um, right. but I think I think in terms Correct. of the, in terms of the vibe, maybe they're kind yeah. of on the same side of the spectrum. Um, I would say you know I could see Kim dating perhaps. A former bachelor contestant type of person mm-hmm. or somebody from the reality tv world but maybe a different kind of angle i could also see her dating uh, another athlete perhaps somebody younger croy i think is younger than her and i feel like she could kind of dive further into the cougar realm i don't know it, it's the kind how about carl
2: I- radke <laughs> How about that rebound? I feel like, because I was thinking, I was like, she would date younger. So who on Summer House? I don't think there's anyone on Summer House or Winter House. Maybe Austin could be funny. I don't know. I don't know. Throw her in Winter House. I'd love to see what happens.
0: Look, as much as I believe that uh, Carl did something to Lindsay and I'm, you know, preemptively mad at him for that, I I don't want him (laughs) to go to the level of dating Kim Zolciak because that seems somehow like I I still don't think he deserves
2: it. Uh, No. Like, if no it didn't good. work with Lindsay, yeah. If he couldn't right. handle a, a strong, opinionated woman like Lindsay, I don't think Kim Zolciak is really what he needs.
0: <laughs> Kim Zolciak on Winterhouse is a really funny proposition, and it's something that... Stranger things have happened. I mean, this season of Winterhouse, they been teasing it it comes out in a couple weeks it's a really weird kind of funky really weird mix of people like some below deck alums i haven't thought about Mm -hmm. in a really long time one person from vanderpump one person from family karma why not a random ex-housewife who had a spinoff for eight seasons and now is potentially bankrupt
2: it was malia on below deck who narked on hannah right
0: yes ultimately (laughs) yes okay (laughs)
2: Well, yeah, that's that's soured me on her. Well, <laughs> I don't know why. It was yes. the right thing to do, but I'm curious to see if she, uh, what role, what, what who she narks out on on Winter House. When they posted that below
0: deck or that um, Winter House yeah. like teaser poster on the that Bravo was so Instagram confusing account. to me. First of all, it's confusing, but I just can't get over Captain Sandy being on that poster. Yeah. I'm assuming she really just kind of like pops by the house at okay. some point. I don't <laughs> think that she's like you know there with them first of all she's Mm-mm. sober which seems like a bad you know nobody w- why would you want to be in that environment there's if you're no sober?
2: need to be in that environment if you're not gonna
0: but also it's like drunk. I just don't particularly want to see Captain Sandy on another show so it, it is kind of like
2: I don't want to see her I don't like her on land let alone <laughs> I don't like when she goes out to their dinners let alone at Winterhouse keep Captain Sandy on the boat
0: yeah, keep Captain Sandy on the boat. I think this season of Winter House will be an interesting experiment, if nothing else. Mm-hmm. Because the first two seasons, obviously they threw in some randos and some newbies, but it was so tied to these the Southern Charm and Summer House yes. origin stories and timelines and all of that. That this this season feels like an attempt to truly make it kind of its own thing in Mm -hmm. the mountains and I yeah it could work it could be really fun it could be like a an alternate version of girls trip kind of but I I don't know I've (laughs) the cast is just a little bit like okay I if you say so
2: right right I think Bravo you know they it sort of demands that you watch pretty much all of those shows and to be fair we do we do (laughs) (laughs) a lot of people do but yeah like it it might be I'm curious to see if people get invested if like they don't know who Malia is they don't care or like like you, this, you've said this before, like not enough people watched Family Karma. That was a great show. But like if they're not invested in the drama. But it also could be kind of an interesting way to get people to look back in the archives if they like completely fall in love with a character on a show or a franchise they haven't checked out and then they watch it. It could be really genius.
0: Yeah, a lot of people I talk to are very much into, like, I watch Every Housewives, I watch Southern right. Charm, but, like, Below Deck is just too much for me. Like, because it's on year-round at this point, there's so many different franchises, and so that, I think, is, they haven't really ever integrated Below Deck into the sort of, like, mm. Bravo you know, fun house of carnival mirrors and stuff before. Yeah, so. I
2: am on my f- below deck. I am binging so much of it right now. I'm I'm watching like season five of the original right now.
0: Season five of the original, that's...
2: I looked at a list that was like, here are the ones that you should really watch. I think this is one where like, I think they got rid of a lot of people. Is that like... And this one they did like a lot of turnover.
0: Are they in Thailand? Maybe that's season six or something. I don't know. That's the below, six. I've watched a lot of Below Deck in my time, but I have given up on trying to like remember every person who's no, ever been a second not. stew. Yeah. Like it just isn't worth it because you know usually only a handful of them kind of stick around from season to season, and it's like if I were to have that kind of encyclopedic knowledge of every person who's ever stepped foot on Below Deck, like I would not be able. To get out of bed in the morning. No. I would not be able to. Somebody you know- does,
2: but not us. Yeah. I have no object permanence when it comes to Below Deck. I watch a season. It just washes over me. I have no idea what happened. I just like to have it on in the background because it's like you sort of feel like you're on vacation.
0: Yeah. It's a good background show. And I think that's why, for the most part, it's not like I'm trying to recap it every week because it's like. Yeah. I mean, okay. Uh- It's
2: pretty much the same every week. (laughs) The guests were a nightmare. The
0: laundry wasn't done.
2: (laughs) Right. Obviously, the the Down Under storyline this year was probably like the biggest, most mainstream, most like worth talking about across the board on every podcast thing. But that was fortunately pretty extraordinary.
0: Yeah. I. It's it's a good show to to you know keep your finger on a little bit, and then every once in a while it flares up. But it's like I. It's there are only so many hours in the day.
2: Yeah. I just drop anchor from time to time.
0: (laughs)
1: Exactly. honeylove.com slash MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com slash MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with honey
0: love. I feel like we've all had that moment where you're at somebody's wedding and you're looking around, the food, the venue, the music, the overall vibe, and you're making like that mental checklist of, if I were planning a wedding right now, maybe you are, maybe you aren't. What would I want to copy from this? What would I want to change? What would I want to tweak? Well, I've been a part of my fair share of weddings over the years, and I know just how stressful the process can be. You go from that newly engaged bliss to over. Overwhelmed by invitation paper and flower colors in the blink of an eye. But using Zola helps with wedding planning from start to finish and makes every decision easier so you can stay in your bliss. With Zola, you can plan your entire wedding in one convenient place. From the day you get engaged and search for the venue to the day you send out your save the dates, make your registry, and even taste your cake, Zola has literally everything you need to make the whole process super easy and even maybe enjoyable. There's even a five star app that helps you plan on the go or on your couch. Zola helps couples plan the wedding they really want. With tons of unique features and personalized recommendations based on a couple's preferences, every Zola wedding is as unique as the couple planning it. They've thought of everything you'll need and have built every tool to get you to I Do, including customized checklists to get you moving, keep you on track, and prepare you for what's next. Start planning at Zola.com. That's Z O L A.com. I want to talk to you about Roni. We have one more episode left in this season before the reunion. And I I don't Crazy. think I've, I don't think you and I in in real life or on Mike have talked much about this mm-hmm. season. So I'm curious, sort of broader than just this week's episode. How have you been experiencing this season? How has it hit for you?
2: I feel like I I don't know if I genuinely feel this way or I'm just like. Um, like picking up on what a lot of people are saying, which is that I do enjoy the show. Does it feel like Housewives? I, I don't know. I think there's like, they're they're a little young. They're a little too, like they know too much about the show to really be putting themselves out there. Like if it was called something different, I would still enjoy it. I'm going to watch it when it comes back. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It doesn't have the same kind of like, like the, the women are too, like they're not sweaty enough. They know what they're doing. They're not like... You're never going to get, like, a... I also wonder, like, I've heard a lot of people say that this core group, like, they were not existing friends to the same degree that other founding casts were. Is that true? So, like, all the other founding casts, like, had existing relationships?
0: I think that it really, really varies from show to show. I think there are... I mean, obviously, if you think about something like Real Housewives of New Jersey, there were multiple different family connections within that cast. And Mm -hmm. that's like a completely separate vibe. I think most of them fall sort of in the in-between space where it's like... There's, you know, two or three of them that had an actual friendship before. And then there's a couple more of them that sort of maybe ran in the, you know, they always say like the same circle or whatever. And so they maybe knew each other in some way. But I do think it's really interesting, like reading Heather Gay's book, for example, she talks about sort of the the genesis of that show. Um, Mm -hmm. And it's like, yeah, like people knew of each other a little bit and had yeah. met each other maybe and you know we're like excited to become friends with each other so I think it's a little bit um I think it's a, a little bit disingenuous to be like well everybody else was a, an existing friend yeah, and these I women agree. were just right like thrown together it's like I don't really think there's any Housewives show where it truly was like we found six friends and put cameras on them. I think that almost it does a disservice to the job of casting, which is hard. (laughs) But right.
2: Like, honestly, like you find like we live in New York City. If you assemble seven women my age, a little younger, I'm probably going to know of like know of a couple of them. I wonder if my tolerance for it is higher because it's New York and I live here. So I'm like, oh, that's funny that they bleeped that restaurant. Oh, she lives on, I can tell she lives on that block. Whereas like, but I this episode, especially the Monday's episode felt like, is this really a storyline with them like bullying Pavet and Jessel and being obsessed with them? Like, is this interesting or is this like all they have? It felt a little bit like grasping at straws. It was hard to watch. Like, that's what Housewives gets tricky for me is when it's genuinely hard to watch. Like when they're fighting and screaming at each other over something stupid and Sonia, like, yeah, she's kind of ruining her life, but it's still funny. Like, this is sort of getting to, I'm like, we're at the finale. There's nothing big that needs to be resolved. There's nothing I'm looking forward to. I don't, I like I don't love any of these women. I'm not I would be fine if I didn't see any of them come back, but I'm also willing to give them kind of like another chance to see how they came off. I think some of them have like potential. Like I like what Size like getting at. I think her aim is just off. I don't know. How, how are you feeling?
0: I think, yeah, there have been definitely some peaks and valleys this season. I think the the last few episodes overall have probably been sort of the, the weakest stretch, which is unfortunate mm. that they're kind of, it feels like ending on a little bit of a low note. But I think what it comes down to is that obviously when you're putting together a season of a show like this, it really benefits you to have multiple balls in the air, multiple different kind of larger things at play, both group dynamics and individual storylines. And I think with, especially with these last few episodes, as you want things to kind of be like, almost like crescendoing toward the end of the Mm -hmm. season, it's felt like this, through line of whatever is happening with Jessel and Pavit, which is really nothing is happening with them. It just is oh, yeah. they're going through the normal ebbs and flows of a, a couple with young kids and whatever. It feels like because that's the only real thing they have going on, that they have to focus on it so much. And I think, yeah, true. I think it, it feels probably worse than it is because there's not enough other noise happening that it's like, yeah, like when they have this triple date couples night at swingers that Uba then also shows up to with her beatnik bag, like eating her, you know, Uba hot sandwich or whatever. Right. Like the only thing that they have to talk about in terms of like the group storyline is Sai being annoyed with mm-hmm. Jessel and also them not believing the thing about the Vietnam flight. And also the thing about, you know, them not having sex. And it's like, right. Okay. So like, you're just, you're picking three different angles of the same thing. Whereas ideally there would just be more to talk about.
2: Right. Exactly. This is not a big enough issue where you need to bring it up. Like to the husband, like I don't even want to go to swingers, let alone watch people at swinger. Like mini golf is like, so bo- what are what, why are, why are we even here? I do not care. I never need to hear a bleachers voice again. Like, what are we doing here? And that's when like, that were the icky parts to watch because – and that's to me what told me that these people aren't friends at all because like if that's like your actual gr- – listen, like like you said, like I, I have a very like – as a married person, one year <laughs> – I had my one year anniversary yesterday so I'm, a, I'm basically <laughs> – Right, right, be right. On couple men moderating couples therapy it's like you just like don't if people are happy and you know your friend is happy and we can tell when our friends are happy and when they're doing well and I think Jessel is happy I think she's a happy person like the fact that they wouldn't like your 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 relationship goes through phases and intimacy means different things at different times and whether it's a chronic issue in your life is up to you you might have other things like they're watching Abe and Aaron like it's hilarious to me that Aaron like by keep continuing to Bring this up. She put herself in the position to be absolutely mortified by her husband when he was like, "Oh yeah, if you didn't have sex with me, I'd fuck other women." I'm like, yeah serves you right, Erin, for continuing to bring this up to other people in front of your husbands and making fun of them. Like, for no, it was just so mm. gross. It was so gross to me, and that's when I started thinking more about like, oh, these people just like aren't friends because even times when like, like it is below the belt, and like obviously like Karen and Giselle go at each other in ways that are below the belt, but like in a way that like. I don't know. You can tell there is like a deep friendship there and a background there. With this, it's just like, it felt cruel and like hurtful. And it's like, I don't know what they are getting. Like, why are you keep talking about this man's flight to Vietnam? Who, Who cares? And the fact that like, I'm curious to see how this turns out at the reunion. And all I kept thinking is like, Pavit is not a bad-looking guy and he's clearly wealthy. He does not need to fly across the world to pay for sex. He can he probably he can take a run on the West Side Highway and like get it for free. It's fine. So like what are they doing?
0: Yeah, I think it became clear so early in the season after Jessel shared the information about her and her husband's intimacy situation that it went from genuine concern for her like making sure she felt mm-hmm. like you know supported and you know sexy or whatever so quickly it turned into like fodder for the group yeah. and it feels like that's just been kind of like multiplied by Aaron and Sai especially over the course of the season and so now we're at this point where the scene at the very beginning of the episode when Psy Call, like calls Aaron on FaceTime to sort of debrief about her lunch with it's Jessel so from the weird. prior episode. And she's like, well, Jessel told me that she and Pavit had had sex, but she needed 25 minutes to warm up. Like, what Ugh. are you an oven right. that you have to preheat? It's like, there is no explanation for talking about it in that way, except for no. you wanting to be catty. And, and that's where, when, when Jessel yeah. says the mean girl thing, it's like, that's, that's exactly what that is. There's no, there's no tone of concern. There's no like, wow, I'm so glad that our friend is figuring this out with her husband, which we actually mm-hmm. do get more from Jenna. Like Jenna is the one who has the supportive mm-hmm. reaction where she's like, that's amazing. I'm glad you're feeling better. Like, I just want whatever. Like it truly feels like Sai and Aaron have decided that this is something like wrong with, jessel right. which is so
2: str- yeah yeah which is so strange for sai because she's having like a le- what i think is like a, a legitimate frustration with jessel <clears throat> who admitted oh i brought up my alcoholic uncle to try to relate to you and as sai and jenna was like yeah maybe not because like a mother is different it was it was recent like i thought jenna was a star in that moment too because she was like it, it is just a little bit it is a little bit just so i'm like why is sai amplifying this as like the issue she has with Jesso when the when the late to lunch is like known incredible housewives fodder. It's just making them look like, it's just, yeah, it's making them look really catty, really unkind, really cruel and mean-spirited. It's just like a gross thing. Like if I was having a funny friend conversation with my friends, I was like, yeah, it took me 25 minutes. And then one of them shared it with another friend, like huh, Amanda was joking this, it took her, but that's clearly not what was happening. Mm-hmm. Like they were right. making fun of like her personal lubrication. That is so messed up.
0: Yeah, and I think it, it how, like <laughs> when you think about the context of what is uh, a housewife's source Just of drama. Just watching Dylan
2: to try to figure out how to respond to p- her personal lubrication.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, but like when you're, you know, yeah. all of these women are on the show for the first time. There is a certain, mm-hmm. you know, learning curve to figuring out, okay, what is the appropriate mm-hmm. level of something mm-hmm. to be like, Housewives fodder versus a real conversation that we need to, you know, sit down and have. And I feel like this sex thing, it was a moment at the beginning of the season. They were able to make some jokes about it. I don't think there was anything wrong with, you know, kind of if they are friends, you can give each other a hard time about stuff, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then you can sort of let it go. And then later in the season, Jessica could be like, you guys, it's so exciting. We figured it out. And it would be like mm-hmm. this, like, clink the glass yay our friend got fucked moment but instead it's this thing where it's like this you know just almost badgering and you know not letting it go and I think it sort of it obfuscates like the things in this dynamic that are worth being annoyed about like you said the thing with Sai and her mother and Jessel kind of creating these false equivalencies in her own story that is a genuinely frustrating thing to encounter with somebody that you're trying to get to know. And I think that while I, you know, overall am more team Jessel in this like larger picture, I think that that's something she could probably work on a little bit. And I I do mm-hmm. wonder, again, you mentioned the reunion. Watching the season, I could see Jessel kind of being like, oh yeah, it, it's a little bit, I that felt a little bit off when I said that in the conversation. Mm-hmm. But because... Sai and Aaron are so kind of focused on not letting the ball drop on these other things. It's like, well, I end up just kind of feeling bad for Jessel again. Cause she got yelled at for 20 minutes at swingers. Mm-hmm,
2: mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it seems like watching them keep going in on the Vietnam thing. It's like, are they trying to suggest like between the like, like intimacy lapse and him going to Vietnam that they're just marriage is bad. And maybe he's having an affair because that's also just like, Ugh! Like maybe that's that's their goal, but I don't understand. Like to what end? How does that? How does that benefit you? And that's like when we saw Jessa, like, in tears at the end. That's what I was sort of like like feeling. Yeah. Like they really genuinely do not wish her well, and they just want to be proven right that her husband sucks because he listen. I was telling like. Again, people—you never know who somebody is buying clothes. He speaks inelegantly. He the way he described, like they've been married a long time. Like he's right. Life is long to just have somebody to hang out with and doesn't give you a hard time. Who you enjoy—that's amazing. That's fine. Like leave leave them alone.
0: Yeah, it was pretty telling. Also, at the end of the episode, when Brynn has emerged from her uh, COVID <laughs> exile, <laughs> she, <laughs> she and she says that Aaron called her and told her that. Pavitt wasn't wearing his wedding ring at swingers What the hell? and then yeah. jessel's like he lost his wedding ring like years ago and we never bought another one so like factually aaron has never seen him wear a wedding ring it's one of those things where people um in the social media age people love to parade around like so and so unfollowed x person mm-hmm. on instagram or they're no longer following each other xyz and it's like that's seen as like credible evidence of a breakup or a feud or whatever I remember that used to always happen with Lala and Randall because they had publicly talked about how it was unhealthy for them to follow each other on Instagram so they didn't that's funny and like every three months somebody would be like eyes emoji Lala and Randall aren't following each other on Instagram and it's like yeah Mm -hmm. no we've been known that (laughs)
2: right right yeah it's so interesting because it's like I feel like you haven't seen housewives before really insist on each other having like their preferred type of marriage like I feel like Erin and Sai just can't accept that maybe Jessel's marriage and her relationship to her husband at this phase in their life is just different than theirs and they just like can't they just can't accept it. And it's interesting because Jessel does have some genuine issues, but is coming off as a hero of the season because mm-hmm. she is kind of really delivering in those moments.
0: There's a theory. I want to, I want to caveat that this is like extremely alleged and like, I don't personally have any tea on this, but there has been a theory that I've seen on social media a little bit in the last week or so that size husband, David yes. w- was with someone else when they met and whatever details, details, allegedly subsequently, you know, ended up with Psy. Mm -hmm. However, those dots connect. And so there's a theory that perhaps Psy Mm -hmm. Psy could be sort of like externalizing some of her internal shit about trusting people and what commitment Mm -hmm. means and what that should look like. Again, I don't know if that's a true story. I don't know if that's actually where she's coming from. But I can see that a lot of Housewives drama, honestly, centers on people just mentally projecting. thinking that somebody should be a different way than they are, and mm-hmm. I, I feel like with with Jessel and Pavitt watching the season unfold, there were moments early in the season where some of their scenes together, it's like, do these people like each other? Are Agreed. they? They seemed so not on the same page, but it, honestly, I think this season has done a good job of sort of conveying that that's how they talk yes. to each other that's how they I, exactly exist with they each other. seem
2: happy she yeah. seems happy and she doesn't seem like she's needs to justify any actual harm in her life he's not he's not he can be a little aloof he's not the most like sweet talking husband but like I she seems happy and that to me that's all like if she seemed miserable then it would be worth all of this conversation but like she she seems happy they have a dynamic that works for them back off
0: yeah, I think the, the reunion is going to be super interesting from a, a content perspective, sure. But also just from how these women react to sort of the public perception of the show. Yes. And I think that it feels like maybe Cy and Aaron were imagining that this would be perceived mm-hmm. one way. And instead, I see so much love for Jessel on social media. I posted yesterday just yeah, like, tweet about like, what if we just let them live their lives it yep. got so many likes and comments and like I think Chanel, people related to that. Chanel so much, Ayan yeah. is in the comments. Hannah from yeah, Below Deck really? Med is in the comments sticking up for Jessel. And like even going back to the first few episodes of the season, people were like very iffy on Jessel's whole vibe. And so I think I the way yeah. the way that she has sort of like rode the waves a little bit and now really seems kind of like the the logical one in mm-hmm. in that dynamic. Right. I could see, I could see Sai and Aaron kind of really being bothered by that, depending on how yeah. they've been taking in the reaction.
2: It's so interesting. Like housewives that are, even if they're problematic, some housewives like are genuinely entertaining, but not judgmental. Like I don't find Jessel very judgmental and she is being judged. Like she's ridiculous and she says ridiculous things, but I just don't find her to be judgmental or mean spirited. And that will just count for like, it's amazing how much that counts for like when she's she's done all of these like bizarre things um, um, throughout the season but yeah it'll be interesting to see how they kind of defend themselves after seeing themselves and seeing how people like reacted to what they how they behaved
0: mm-hmm and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin Clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin Clear. Use as directed. in orange it's there to satisfy your need for hydration with a little flavor consider your hydrated self thriving find splash refresher today on amazon and instacart or at your local walmart sam's club or kroger okay quickly i uh, lots to talk about with roni i want to get your opinion on salt lake how are you feeling about the great angie k monica lisa (laughs) meredith like what what's your take on this season so far (laughs)
2: It's just such an embarrassment of riches. (laughs) It's like Salt Lake used to be one where I could kind of look at my phone in the background and now I'm like, no, no, I'm putting her away. I'm closing the drawer. It needs all of my attention. They're all just, they're all like firing in all cylinders. They're all playing their characters. And like, yeah, this is one where... you kind of like, it's amazing how how the stakes vary. This show is always really high. It's either Jen going to prison or somebody's husband having a gay affair. That's bananas. After we just came off this like late to lunch, like, oh my God, is this woman's straight husband having sex with her enough? Now it's like, oh God, this guy. Uh, I mean, I think she's a great addition for the storyline. I don't like personally, it's interesting because she doesn't do anything for me personally, but she's like throwing the storyline to chaos and she got Meredith to say rumors. So I love that. <laughs>
0: I know, I think Angie K is, she's really, she's flying close to the sun, and I think...
2: That's why she needs those big sunglasses. Ex-
0: ex- ex- those face shields from Gucci. <laughs> um, I could see, you know, by the end of the season, I, I can envision a world where people sort of come around on her, but r- right now it is kind of like a... Feels like we're watching a, a satellite explode a little bit. No,
2: I have no fondness for her right now. I don't feel like she hasn't done anything that have made me go like, oh, oh I like that, or that was a good comeback. She just sort of, yeah, she seems like she has no like. Whereas like, Aaron and Sye, like we're like they are aiming somewhere. Their aim is off, but they're aiming somewhere. I don't think Angie K aiming anywhere. <laughs> she's just just firing in all directions she's
0: throwing everything at the wall and and crying to god that something sticks on on meredith Mm -hmm. preferably Mm -hmm. um well amanda i am glad we were able to catch up today and you'll have to come back uh later this fall when we have so much more going on um always a pleasure
2: always a pleasure thanks dylan yeah i will be i'll be uh, texting you on the side my my additional dispatches and thoughts as always
0: amazing well thank you and thank you everyone for listening don't forget to rate review and follow the show wherever you listen you can follow us on instagram at bravo by betches, and follow at betches news for for everything that amanda's working so hard on all the time um, <laughs> uh, and until next time be cool don't be all like uncool
1: Batches.